Hey friends, welcome back to Pretend World's Real People. This is Tyler. Steph will be here in just a moment because, I'll be honest, we uh, may have forgotten to record the intro, so I'm going to try and do the solo without doing finger guns, and it's too late because I'm already doing them, because uh, <laughs> I'm weird. Uh, anyway, we have an amazing guest in store for you on this episode. She's actually the Deck Nine Games mocap technician who's just been killing it the last year as they've been finishing up some more projects. So really excited to sit down, talk to her, get to know more about her career, where she started, and what she does to relax after a day like that, because I'm sure you're just exhausted. <laughs> Please, everybody, welcome Alexis Bloom. Miss Bloom, hello. How are hello. you? I'm doing great. Uh, all considering. <laughs> How are you doing? <laughs> Doing, doing great doing great smile glued to our faces but yeah. i'm really yeah. happy to see you though it's been a while a long I while know. it has been a long time i'm really happy to be here really happy to be seeing you again and it's nice to meet you stephanie i'm glad yeah, to too, finally be talking to you i've been listening to some of the other podcasts so oh good. i only know your voice <laughs> loud one <laughs> <laughs> she's she's the passionate one uh, yeah, so, that's uh, fair. One thing we want to start out with, Alexis, is uh, if you wouldn't mind telling our listeners, you know, who you are and what you do in the arts. What's your thing? Sure. Well, um, as said, my name is Alexis. Um, I work at Deck Nine Games here in Westminster, Colorado. Um, I'm a motion capture technician. Um, I started out uh, doing. Uh, Facebook cap here at the at the company and now I'm doing everything so uh, face um, full body motion capture um, and yeah I'm kind of running the show at the moment um, and yeah we're, we're doing some like research and development stuff uh, right now uh, not doing too much production shooting but um, it's been fun learning a lot uh, should I go into what motion capture is for people who may not know what that is <laughs> I would yeah. say yeah like we we did it with with um Oh my God, my brain. Oh, Sylvia Webb. Oh, and he's listening no, to this Webb, too. Thank you. I yeah. know he is. Sorry, Webb. Uh, I don't know why my brain just farted. <laughs> totally. But um, if you want to go through it again, because um, people may not have listened to his episode or whatever. And yeah. Sure. Yeah. Um, so I like to, the easiest way I like to put it, like when I'm telling people what I do is that like, if you ever look at those behind the scenes in movies and things like that, where people are wearing like the skin tight black suits and those dots all over their body, that's kind of what I'm doing. So I'm not the actor, but I'm the technician who um, kind of dresses them up. I calibrate uh, the whole entire stage's cameras and I run the system. So we're able to capture the data, um, you know, that the actors are giving us. Um, we're tracking kind of all those little dots um, all over their body to get full body capture. And uh, for face, it's kind of the similar concept where we put dots all over their face and then we use a software, with a little camera mounted on their head and um, that captures uh, their facial performance. And then we kind of mishmash that all together um, onto a model and that goes into a video game uh, or movies. Um, I don't do that part, but I do uh, all the capturing and uh, markering up and things like that. You do so. the brunt of the word. Oh my God. The <laughs> A lot of uh, running around. Yeah. Yeah. I won't go into too much detail, but the amount of work I've seen you do in say 20 seconds to make something work <laughs> within a minute is insane. Oh my gosh, uh, yes. It's, it's just crazy. And I don't think I ever asked you, like, how did you, uh, obviously, like, like, how did you get into motion capture and how did you kind of find yourself becoming a motion capture technician? 
Yeah, that's a good question. Um, it's not every day that you hear about someone being a motion capture technician. Um, so in college, I, I grew up in Philly, uh, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. I went to Drexel University and I went to do a four-year program um, for animation and visual effects as my major. Um, so I'm still very much into animation, um, not so much the visual effects side, but I still do love animation very much. Um, so we took a lot of classes um, with everything animation from like uh, building models to rigging them to doing the basics of animation to advanced animation, visual effects. And one of the classes included motion capture, um, which I found interesting uh, because I was initially going to go to college for engineering. Um, I'm, I'm a little smart. Uh, so, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I was like, yeah, engineering, that works. I was on a robotics team for four years in high school. So I was like, sure, why not? But then I was like, follow your dreams. So then I went to an engineering school for animation and visual effects. And I was like, it's close enough. Um, so motion capture really kind of blended that tech uh, side to the artistic side of, um, animation for me, at least. Um, I only had one class in, in motion capture, I think. Um, so initially when I did it, I was like, this is a really fun class. Um, it, it was cool, um, but it wasn't initially something I thought I would kind of pursue. Um, I just thought it was really uh, cool because it was a class um, that I think was like closest to working on like a film set. I've had some like uh, camera classes um, and like some really basic film classes in my freshman year um, but to have like an actor come in an actor come in um, and have to you know treat them you know like as if you were on a film set and marker them up and then make sure everything goes smoothly and like just managing all these different things and getting these really cool results um, was very new to me um, and it was very awesome so uh, I did that class and it was great I graduated um, and I went in search of a job a little later. I went back to teach at Drexel for a bit um, as an adjunct. And then when it was finally time to look for jobs, I went strictly animation because like I said, I still like animation a lot. Um, and it was really difficult to find jobs in animation, which uh, <laughs> I think was kind of obvious at the time, but I was like, nah, it's fine. Uh, so I got a couple replies, but you know, didn't end up getting fully. So I thought I would expand my discipline a bit and I was kind of looking through the things that I learned in college and uh, motion capture came up again. And I was like, oh, right. Like that was a cool thing that I did. <laughs> so um, I was looking a bit into motion capture and it like kind of hit all the boxes for me as far as stuff that I like to do and that was interesting to me. And not only that, but it's a really niche kind of thing to get into because not everyone has a motion capture stage that they're able to work with to practice with anyone who wants to get into motion capture should have like access to a stage and be able to practice with it but motion capture equipment costs thousands upon thousands upon thousands of dollars so fortunately my university had a nice basic stage um, and equipment so I was able to learn on it so um, once I made a reel with some stuff I did my own personal projects on that stage um, it was like bam like everyone needed a motion capture technician and I was like awesome. I like this. Um, hire me. So <laughs> yeah. Um, and then uh, I eventually started working at D9 and I've been here since. I think I'm on my two years now and oh I still God. love it and it's been great. So that's how I got here and how I <laughs> kind of started with motion capture. I think I just got really lucky that I had um, equipment and a stage to work with and that I really liked working with it. So yeah. Oh yeah. And you know what? The, not so every university what? has that. Yeah. It's crazy. Right. Oh, go ahead. 
Oh, sorry, Steph. <laughs> There's a lag. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. Um, uh, I'm curious. You say like you kind of created your own reel. Uh, what would your uh, potential employers be looking for um, that like you could do um, as a technician? Because like you know when. I get it when an, uh, an app puts a, a, something on tape and, you know, they have an audition and whatever Uh-oh. And that oh. you're Sorry. showing them that Sorry, they, your audio does that make sense? Is that? Yeah, I, I, I understand. I think oh, um, no. I, the last bit just okay. cut out a little bit, but I think I understand what you're saying. Okay. If it is something, please, you know, uh, let me know. Um, so, yeah, I, I think the biggest, like, you were right. I mean, I had no idea what people were really looking for. Um, like I said, I kind of took motion capture as this additional discipline um, that I like doing. So I had to kind of relearn um, everything it is that I wanted to put on a reel. I knew what to put on an animation reel based on like what my mentors and um, other alumni had told me. Um, but there wasn't that much information for motion capture. So I talked to my uh, professor who taught the class. I talked to some alumni who were working in motion capture. Um, so some of the things that I wanted to put on there, I just wanted to demonstrate um, with each project uh, a problem that I wanted to be solved. So there's a lot of problems that you come across when you're working with motion capture. Um, I think I had three main personal projects I put on my reel. So one of them was um, like retargeting a, uh, an actor's body motion capture onto a model that was completely unlike their body type. So um, my fiance, uh, Kevin, was actually the actor for this project. I mean, he's like this shorter, skinny Asian dude. And um, I took his motion capture, which was a simple like walk and running cycle. And I put it on like this big, incredible Hulk-esque type body. And when you target that one-to-one, -one, it looks really weird because, you know, they're not like this, this character was like nine, 10 feet tall. And, you know, you put it on there directly and the model kind of gets like a little squished and that's like weird. So um, I had to do some animation on top of that to correct it and make it look like halfway decent. So that's kind of... Um, one of the problems that I solved uh, in my reel. And then I had two other projects with two other kind of big problems that I wanted to solve. Without going into too much detail, um, another project I wanted to do like crowd simulation. So I took a bunch of animations and then um, used a program called Houdini to do a crowd simulation where it kind of programmatically puts randomized animations onto a bunch of different body types. And then after a certain point, it changes. They were all like running on a snowy cliff and then they jumped and dived off. Um, that was fun to record. And the, I can't remember, what was the other one? I can't remember the other one at the moment, but basically I wanted to focus on um, a problem and to solve that problem, to show that I am capable of doing that. And then um, like using other programs like Houdini um, to show that I have alternative, like a uh, different skill set as well. Um, and then there's just general things that people are looking at, like, does the data look clean? Is it not like freaking out or um, is there like clipping with the body parts or anything like that? So I just really wanted to be able to show my showcase my skills in like a clean way without it being like shoved in your face of like, <laughs> here's a project that I did that shows that I can clean stuff. And then just like six other projects of like each step. I wanted to kind of weave that in a bit better. Um, so a lot of advice, a lot of problem solving, and then just to be able to showcase that in a, in a simple video format reel. Um, took a while <laughs> just to get everything right yeah. but yeah uh, eventually worked out I guess <laughs> yeah you're putting that that engineering so intellect cool. to work 
I'm trying. <laughs> it's still there. It's just like, you know, I got to exercise it every now and then. <laughs> <laughs> so what was the, uh, I guess, inception of this being, um, you know, uh, I guess your, your fondness for animation, can you pinpoint that back to like a film or a show or even a, a clip you may have found online where you looked at it and said, oh, that'd be cool to do. I want to, I want to try and do that. Yeah. Um, so I always just grew up loving cartoons. I mean, I think most children do. Um, but I think I got to the point where, you know, I was in high school, late high school, college, and I've, I've literally gotten uh, the the sayings from like older adults, like, when are you going to grow up and like watch, you know, like live action things? And I'm like, probably never. Um, and I didn't really. I mean, I've, <laughs> I've only really just started watching shows with live action. I know it's like awful because, you know, there's there's a lot of great movies with like visual effects and even animation with live action and stuff. I've just been like always a huge fan of the more traditional um, animation style. I love 2D. Like if I had a dream job, I would like go directly into 2D animation. There's just not a lot of anything for that anymore. Um, I love 3D uh, as well. Um, but if I could get a little personal here, I mean, I think the reason I, um, I focused so much on heavily on like 2D or just like regular animation in general is just like, I had a lot of anxiety growing up um, as a kid or like even into well into my teenage early adult years. Um, and it just um, it was comforting to to rewatch or um, kind of know or expect certain uh, cartoons or storylines. You know, you watch a Disney film and or at least the early Disney films, and they all kind of have like a very similar storyline. Um, you start recognizing certain animator styles, and it's a real comfort, and you know what to expect. But at the same time, it's exciting and and fluid and beautiful. Um, so I just kind of stuck with what I knew and what I was comfortable with, and that was just animation. So I just kind of stuck with that for the majority of my life. And I grew into it, like a, a real love for it. Um, I started out like in traditional arts background as well. Um, I did a lot of like high school classes. Um, I grew up doing traditional art. My mom was an artist, uh, kind of like on the side. Um, so I always had an affinity for these kind of things. Um, and, and just like stuck and it still sticks. Like I still much prefer cartoons and animation over live action stuff. And um, fortunately, like I'm in an industry where people don't give me shit for it. Uh, so it was it was really nice, actually, like coming to a studio and being able to geek out about those kind of things and not get judged for it. Um, so it's really nice. Uh, it's just something I grew up with and love and still love today. <laughs> and I, I can't remember um, if specifically, but yeah. <laughs> we're so just so I'm clear, 2D is like uh cinderella and little mermaid and like that kind of stuff and then 3d was a lot of what pixar does where it's more like uh inside out and stuff like that yeah sure but like uh 3d as okay. i'm mostly using um maya or some sort of other 3d program to for the majority of um mm -hmm. movie actually it's funny my fiance and i decided to watch every single disney film um <laughs> We're on like 35 now, I think. We've, yeah, I know, I just casually threw that out there. It's like just 45 hours of movies. Um, so That's amazing. Yeah, and, and as we started from the very first um, and then all the shorts and stuff, and uh, we just got into like, um, what did we just watch? We watched Beauty and the Beast, Hunchback of Notre Dame. We're kind of in there. And um, in those movies, they started incorporating uh, 3D into the 2D. And it's, I don't think it's something kids would have noticed uh, watching it, but it, watching them all in order 
and as someone who's a fan of animation, it's really interesting to see them incorporate 3D into um, 2D and how much better it gets after like two or three movies because the first one was kind of rough. It's like, wow, that's that's just kind of <laughs> thrown in there. Um, I understand it's new technology, but man. Uh, <laughs> so uh, it's getting better, but um, yeah. So when I'm talking about 3D, I mean like the whole movie is pretty much uh, 3D. Yeah. Or CGI, I guess is more appropriate. Computer generated. Right. <laughs> is that... I could see you being, you know, you have this, uh, you have the talent, you have the creativity, you have the vision for someone who could become, you know, an animation director or somebody who, you know, takes hold of a, of a whole project. Is that something you've ever thought about? Yeah, uh, you know, it's funny. I never really considered myself someone to be a director or things like that. I always just feel like I get thrown into these situations where I end up being the lead of something. Like for now, like for instance, I'm pretty much doing all the motion capture like running when we do have shoots or I'm doing a lot of the research and development um, for motion capture to make things run smoother. And like, I never, <laughs> I feel like I never volunteer for these things. Don't get me wrong. I'm extremely happy to be doing it. And I think it's exciting. I just, um, a lot of it, I think it's just, um, I, I feel like I overcompensate with my personality to make it seem like I'm a really interesting person. Uh, so <laughs> I think everyone's like, oh, it's so cool. You should do this. And I'm just like, <laughs> I, I, I need, um, I have the drive, it's there. I just have to like convince myself that it's there. I, I have a lot of self-doubt as in um, like, I probably could, yeah, but a lot of a lot of the self-doubt is just like, nah, <laughs> let someone else do this. You see all these amazing people do things, they can do it better than you, so let them do it. Um, it's So it, yes, <laughs> but um, the self-doubt, it's like, ah, don't do it, you're gonna fail, but um, maybe one day <laughs> <laughs> I can I can see I mean every creative somewhat suffers from or I think they would have to suffer from imposter syndrome and that's what turns them into you know an incredible talent is that mm -hmm. that self-doubt that drives you so uh yeah I'm gonna mark it down let's see it's 222 on the 11th of April 2021 I'm gonna give it 10 years uh <laughs> 10 years <laughs> directing an animated feature of huge renown that um, I'm actually just going to throw myself in as a voice artist. <clears throat> so I'll remember. <laughs> All right, uh, I'll set that the timer. <laughs> yeah, do it. Um, it. Would you like, you know, since you're working at Deck Nine, it's video games. Um, do you eventually want to move more into the film world or are you kind of really discovering love of video games that you didn't necessarily have before? Yeah, um, so I had a very like narrow field of view of like what kind of jobs I wanted when I graduated or like before I graduated mm -hmm. college. So I'm like, I only want to do movies. I only want to do film. I don't want to do video games because like everyone ends up in video games and it's just like not that interesting to me. Um, but it, it, it wasn't that it wasn't interesting. It's just like it wasn't my first choice. So if it wasn't my first choice, I might as well not even think about it. Uh, so um, when I ended up in video games, yeah, I... I actually really like it a lot. Um, maybe, yeah, I think I do end up, end up working on films at some point, but I really, really am enjoying working in video games a lot. Um, it's not like I never liked video games. I did play a lot of video games growing up. Um, I'm, I'm like definitely a adventure uh, type video game person, um, like single storyline or single player 
storyline heavy uh kind of gamer i'm not like a i'm not like a battle royale type you hear that kevin I'm not the battle royale <laughs> He's bugging me to play Apex with him. Um, so uh-huh. Corwin plays with him too. So oh, he does. Okay. Yeah. So um, yeah. So I'm I'm definitely like a like single player like immerse myself narrative type. So when I got the offer at Deck Nine or when I was looking into Deck Nine before I applied, I was like, hell yeah, this is awesome. It's like the closest I can get to like a film, basically, but it's a playable film. That's yeah, I love those kind of games. Um, so I'm really enjoying working in video games and I would like to, to continue working in video games for a while just to like kind of um, like bulk up my skill a bit. Like the, the last project I worked on fully was a bit non-traditional in terms of the mocap work that I did, but um, the work that's coming up is going to be very like, you're doing body, you're doing face, very much more structured um, uh, motion capture type work. Uh, the last project I worked on was very experimental. They kind of like threw me into it and they're like, you can figure it out. Uh, we'll just, <laughs> you can do it. And I was like, all right, uh, <laughs> sure. Um, so I would like to, yeah, like continue working in video games for a while. I do really, really enjoy it. Um, but I think eventually I would like to move on to film at least once just to kind of get that mm-hmm. experience. Mm-hmm. Do you play any of the Deck Nine games when they're finished? Oh yeah, actually. Uh, so um, I mean, like I, so so Deck Nine. I guess for anybody who doesn't know, um, we we've made we're more known, I think, for um, our uh, entry into the Life is Strange series uh, before the Storm, which is a prequel to um, the first Life is Strange game, uh, which was done by uh, Don't Nod, um, and we came out with a we we are just released not released revealed uh, the new newest game we've been working on called life is strange true colors um so another installment in the life is strange series we've done some other games before that um but i think i think this is more what we're well known for um i had played life is strange one before applying to deck nine even though we didn't make that game um i had known that they had done other games in the series or another game in the series um so i was very into it from the beginning um, and I'm glad that I did because I was asked that in my interview and I was like, haha, I did play that game. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, thank goodness. Um, so yeah, I mean, like, I, I really enjoy those games because they're narr- heavy, heavily narrative based. Um, was that the question? Yes, I was. But you don't, you don't like have any um, uh, kind of leg up because you worked on them you, are they like by the time they're finished do you have to kind of figure it out the way everybody else would or are you kind of like oh, know what's yeah. going on yeah so you when you when you're working on a game for like two and a half years um you kind of know what's happening you're in meetings mm-hmm. and they talk about the storyline points and you're like mm, spoiler alert you know I did not know that <laughs> or uh, and that's happened to me plenty of times um and then if you're working directly in the studio which we haven't for a while because of you know the COVID situation which I'm sure we'll talk about in a little bit but um you know there's there's concept are hanging on the walls and then there's meetings happening everywhere so it, there's really no way to avoid um exactly what's happening in the game um, and I think as game developers working on a game, um, we're able to, you know, play uh, early versions of our own game if we so choose. Um, of course, the devs who are working more on like, you know, the meat of the game have to play the, you know, to make sure that there's nothing mm-hmm. wrong going on. Um, for me, yeah, like I, I kind of knew like 90 or 80% of the storyline of True Colors before it, you, you know, before it's getting released or anything like that. Um, 
yeah, there's, there's not much, you can't really, <laughs> <That's avoid fair. laughs> it. and then like, especially if you're doing motion capture, like I wasn't on, um, the mocap, the main mocap team for true colors. Um, but I was there for a few shoots and it like, if you're, if you're a mocap tech on there, you're, there's no way you can avoid it. You're probably even going to know more than most people because you're doing the lines, you're doing all the actions, you're doing the scenes and it's, it's just, you're, you're playing the game over the course of two and a half years. <laughs> so, um, mm -hmm. It's just kind of how it is, um, but it's a real, it's a real joy. And, and I think there's a difference between seeing it all get shot and recorded um, versus seeing it in engine and as an actual finished product. Like it's, mm -hmm. I've, I've seen some things and um, it's, it's gorgeous. Like it's amazing. And um, it's just amazing to see all of that hard work get put together. Um, so in a nutshell, yes, like I know what's going on, but it, it's totally different than what the final product is. That's cool. Yeah. It, it, it's, uh, I don't know. It just seems magical going into that each day. And I mean, you mentioned uh, COVID a second ago, but compared to, I guess, walking in the, the day of the life of a mocap tech, like what, what's the difference now, um, now that we've had, you know, a full on pandemic and restrictions have been put in place. What's your day-to-day -day life now um, as a mocap tech compared to what it was, you know, I'd say like beginning of 2020. Very different, uh, especially <laughs> since um, I feel like motion capture is one of the things where you have to be there in person for it to, to work. Um, not everybody, but as a, a motion capture technician, like I have to be there or else we can't get anything. Um, so my day-to-day -day has changed quite a bit. Um, it's getting a little bit better, but um, obviously we're not going to, I don't think we're going to go back to like what a normal day would have been for me for, for quite a bit. Um, so at the end, uh, the tail end of the last project that I was working on, um, we had to do like completely um, remote uh, <laughs> motion capture, which was something that we've never done before. Um, it was something that both the project that I was working on and the other project um, simultaneously had to figure out. And we both had different needs. Like, um, you know, some of us are focusing more on more heavily on face motion capture and other project working more heavily on both. And um, we all had different needs for the kind of data that we needed. So at least for the project that I was on, it was definitely more reliant on the actors to kind of get everything working and ready. Um, I don't think I can go into too much detail about it, but basically it was a very small motion capture team comprising of myself as the only technician, um, a director, and then the actor. And um, we would remote in and basically instruct the actors to kind of get everything set up. Like it was insane. Like when they proposed this, we were, I was like, what, are you kidding me? Like it took me years of training to do this and you want the actors who don't have any experience in motion capture to do this by themselves? Um, so it was, it was a crazy couple of months. We ended up finishing the game that way. Um, so, I mean like kudos to those actors, man. Like everyone did, freaking fantastic like they caught on super quickly we got really great data we managed to finish out the game and it was awesome um we did all remote um instructing uh troubleshooting everything so that was crazy and for the other project um I know they did like a, 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 I think they had talked about this some and there was an article written about it um, called HomeCat where they literally set up a motion capture studio in one of the actor's basement. Like that's, they, they shipped everything to her and had her set everything up and um, they just shot completely remote, like all on a Zoom call and like doing takes and she had set up all the equipment and 
I don't know how you guys did it, but you know, you pulled it off and and um, that game, all the motion capture for that game is finished out that way too, I believe. Um, nowadays is a little bit different. We are allowing more people to come into the studio. Um, so I think uh, usually when there is a shoot, like we haven't had production shoots yet since we're more in the R&D phase, but um, when we do have a shoot for like pre-visualization, you know, just kind of like seeing where everything is, um, is uh, I'll be in there in person. Um, so I'll be there to warm up the cameras, get the stage ready. Um, we'll have an actor come in. I think once or twice we had two actors, although we definitely prefer keeping it as small as possible. Usually it's one actor um, and I will um, do all the markering and everything, but it's extremely like, um, careful. I'm wearing, I usually, when I go in the office, I wear like double masks. I wear the medical one under a fabric one. I wear a face shield. If I'm like getting near the actor, I wear gloves. Um, very like, I feel like a doctor, you know? <laughs> um, so like, I, I, I was telling one of my actors, I was like, I feel like a tattoo artist or something because I'm like drawing on them, like very carefully and like checking with gloves and a face shield and like all this weird stuff. Um, so it will be us two and then sometimes uh, Webb or a director will be in um, to help run things. Um, sometimes he won't be. Uh, so it's two to four people I would say are on set at any given time. Whereas on a full production shoot um, for True Colors, for example, we had two motion capture technicians, we had a director, we had anywhere from like one to four actors and we had um, an assistant director on set. So a lot more people, um, but we somehow managed to do that completely remotely now, uh, which is a huge feat. And I'm so glad that it works. Um, I'm looking forward to obviously coming back in the studio because I want that experience of having like a full set and working on um, like a, a, having a full team uh, there, but it's working for now. Uh, so it, it's super impacted my, um, my day to day. Absolutely. Just, um, having to work uh, with people like remotely on Zoom in the void, you know, and then um, uh, being very careful around anybody that I am in, in studio with. So uh, hopefully we'll go back to normal soon. Um, I just got my first vaccine shot yesterday. So we're getting Yay. there. Yay! <laughs> Um, I'm so excited, man. I hopefully, you know, the company gets vaccines soon. I, we're, we're talking about plans on bringing some people, you know, back into the office once uh, everyone's like fully vaccinated. I think we're still like at 50% capacity maximum now. There's only like five people in the office last time I went in. But, yeah. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Woo. Have you guys um, come across any kind of delightful surprises of how things are working out that you might even though um you know in the future when things can go to, to normal that like that this actually works better this way or is it all much more complicated and and going back will be the best way forward yeah um i'm hoping that everything just kind of <laughs> falls back into place once, <laughs> yeah <laughs> once we get there um a lot has changed though um since we're doing research and development right now, we're um, look, always looking at new ways to, excuse me, um, to make things go faster and get better data. And there are quite a few things that we've done to improve a lot of the um, aspects of our pipeline. Um, 
a lot of that does revolve around um, people being remote though. So I am interested in seeing how things will change um, once we get back into the studio. Cause I think once we get back into the studio, there's that thought of, do we just continue shoots the way we've been doing once everyone was back or like, like everyone was back in the studio or do we like, um, how do we incorporate these like remote techniques into like a full shoot? Um, it's it's going to be a little confusing, I think, when when it finally happens. Um, but that's kind of what it is when you're doing um, research and development. Um, so hopefully that's something we'll figure out before we get into production shooting. Um, your question kind of cut off in the middle there, so I'm sorry I didn't answer. Oh no, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what's going on with my sound today. It's it's okay. Not great. Yeah, um, it's okay. I'm like missing anything. <laughs> Yeah, no, not at all. That that kind of answers it. I just, uh, I guess I'm I, I am curious about like what research and development and is it just like you guys have ideas for future games and now you're kind of testing to see if they'll work or is it more research and developing even ideas? Mm -hmm. Um. When I'm doing research and development for motion capture, it's a lot about improving um, pipeline, uh, making things, like I said, go faster, uh, more efficient, how to capture better data. And this includes um, uh, equipment as well. Um, I've actually been building a lot of um, prototypes to make our suits a bit more comfortable. Um, for example, we um, do finger capture like as part of this, our whole body capture and that involves putting um, Velcro uh, markers um, on your fingers. So there's like two on each finger and then a couple on your hand. Um, the problem is that the markers are like super they're, they're kind of like on these oblong pieces of rubber with Velcro and then the markers in the middle. So when you put them on, they don't, they wrap around the finger and they stick for like 15 seconds and then they like pop off. So um, I fortunately picked up sewing uh, over the quarantine uh, period. So I've been like making a lot of clothes and just like sewing stuff and it's been fun. So I suggested um, that we make a better solution to those markers because they they pop off during shoots they're uncomfortable if people move their fingers like this they get stuck and it's just a whole thing so um i developed um some a better way to attach them to uh the fingers for example so one of our actually one of my coworkers um in the studio suggested it because i was just i was talking to her she, she was doing um some uh, she was our actor for the day and uh i was just you know, shooting the shit with her and just saying like, yeah, like these markers suck. I really need to think of a better way to like attach these to the fingers. And she suggested like um, cable ties, like the Velcro ones. So you could just wrap them around the finger and like adjust it. And then that's that. And I was like, that's a great idea. So I actually um, built like four different prototypes and um, we decided on two of the four. And basically my job now is to make like 40 of them, you know, enough for all the <laughs> actors. It's like, why did I, why did I even mention that I do sewing? Yeah. Like, <laughs> now I have to make a hundred of these things. Um, but you know, in the end it's, it, they're really comfortable. They stay on really well. Um, I did the same thing for chin straps, um, which helped keep the helmet on. Um, they were extremely uncomfortable. So I decided to make uh, more comfortable ones for our actors. Um, so I built a couple of those. Um, so any equipment improvements that I can make, um, especially to keep our actors happy, um, that is included in the research and development. Mm -hmm. And um, then there's like non-equipment stuff where it's like, um, 
how does this affect our data capture? Like when we're doing uh, facial capture, for instance, I just did a test um, specifically for lighting. So we have, um, when we're doing facial capture, you have a helmet and then two bars and then a camera that kind of is like mounted right in front of your head. And that kind of keeps the face stationary um, and records a video. And then we track that to get all the facial movements in, in, onto a character. Um, there's a light on the camera that kind of blasts them in the face with light and uh, that kind of keeps everything shadow free and uh, easy for the software to kind of see the dots so that the technician can kind of like track it. Um, this whole test that I just did recently um, was based on different lighting situations. Um, so for example, it's like what happens if the light wasn't on when we did a take? Does that mean we have to do it again? Um, or is it okay enough that we can just move on and it's just like a little bit of extra hard cleanup? Or what if we had different lighting setups? Um, what if we had extra lights in the room? What if, um, you know, how does the uh, actor moving head affect the lights and how does that affect uh, the tracking on the face? Um, for our last project, um, we had to use a different lighting source um, because one of our actors ended up getting a concussion um, and too strong of a light um, really bothered uh, their um, their eyes and would make them feel sick. So we had to get two globe lights instead. And um, I tested those and those ended up working out fine. So um, basically thinking of any and all possible situations of lighting and testing them out to see if um, those affect our results uh, in any way. And who knows, like, I mean, we might even find a better situation for lighting. You know, if, if adding more lights mm -hmm. on the stage helps us get better data capture, then so be it, we'll purchase more lights and that will definitely improve our capture for the future. Um, so uh, those kind of, we've been doing a bunch of those. I think this is like our fifth or sixth major test. Um, this one's just lighting. There were some other ones as well, like dot placement on the face and um, camera alignment and all this other stuff. Um, so a lot of a lot of testing. I feel I certainly feel like a scientist uh, during this stage. Um, you have to like write up reports and these pages and, um, to document your results, but it's fun. <laughs> like, I like it. Yeah. It's really fun. Um, and it's fun to look back and kind of see all of the, uh, all the progress you made and, and where it'll really help is like when we do start shooting, uh, for production, like when we can implement these different things, um, and get better results where I think is, um, I'll be able to, to really feel that triumph, you know, <laughs> all my hard work paid off. <laughs> That's that awesome. it's a lot to go through, uh, you know, just to make that process a, a little bit more comfortable or easier. That's incredible. And I need, I don't think I've ever asked you this either. Like, what do you do outside of, outside of work and outside of doing that to kind of calm your mind? Cause that's obviously going to take up a lot of your brain power throughout the day. So what, what relaxes you when you get home? So you can just not think about this for at least four hours. <laughs> Would you believe me if I said more video games? <laughs> I, <didn't know> <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, lately it has been like, you're right. A shoot is extremely exhausting. Like even with multiple motion capture technicians are constantly up and down and running around and making sure that everything's so aligned and the markers haven't fallen off and that the data is being captured properly. Um, and now that I'm the only one, um, while we haven't had a full production shoot yet, we have had like I think we've had like one 12 hour shoot, which is pretty much a standard. Like that's how most full day shoots go. And we've had a couple five hour ones um, and I'm, I'm exhausted. Um, it, it is really, it does take a lot out of you. 
Um, so afterwards, I mean, I, it's kind of, it just feels really boring, you know, like I don't think, <laughs> I like to say that I do something really cool, um, but I don't, I, sometimes I'll play video games um, or like, like I said, I'm, I'm kind of like the kind of person who just does the same thing over and over again, because it's, I know what to expect and it's calming. And so I'll play, I've recently just picked up some like old video games that I played as a kid that I was like awful at. I, I was apparently terrible at video games because it's super easy now. Um, I'm playing Kingdom Hearts again. Um, again, Disney, I, animation <laughs> runs uh, So uh, that's fun. I've just been playing that for a few days. Um, I'll watch Disney movies with my fiance again, because there's like, 45 of them and we're not done yet so we'll watch one of those maybe every other day or every other two days um I like to draw I recently picked up drawing again um like I said I started kind of in traditional arts um I really thrived doing like traditional arts um in all kinds of media um I'm definitely a fan of like contemporary art um it makes sense to me it doesn't make a lot of sense to like a lot of people but it does to me I like doing a lot of abstract work um so I do that sometimes um to you know clear my head a bit um I started doing digital art again and just posting them up I'm like <laughs> I started reposting like some art and stuff or like even like fan art of like shows or whatever on on some social media websites and I'm like should I use the leverage for the fact that I work for this company to like get more views maybe Maybe I should. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then I haven't, I haven't announced to the world to like that. It's like, I work on these games. Um, I really want to though. So I'm just kind of waiting for the right opportunity. I think, um, I think once we get a little more information out there in the world about the remaster, um, then I'll kind of make myself known and get a bigger uh, online presence with some art that I do. Um, but for now, that's, I, I just kind of chill. I like to draw. I like to watch movies, like to play video games. And, um, oh, so like on, uh, you know, some maybe not so shut in activities that I like to do. Uh, I, like to, <laughs> I like to hike on the weekends. Um, I'm from Philly, so there wasn't a lot of like outdoorsy stuff you could do. Like mountains, insane. Like to me, I still look at them every day and I'm like, wow, it's crazy. They're, they're huge. Um, so I hike every weekend pretty much um, ex with the exception of yesterday because I got the COVID shot and I thought I was gonna die. Um, <laughs> so usually, <laughs> Uh, and it's been great. I love it. love going outside um, in this warmer weather. Um, go to the gym just to stay healthy, you know, um, because it's been getting pretty bad during COVID, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. not wanting to go. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, I like to cook. Cooking, I think, is my, like, number one hobby that I do the most. Um, I cook a lot. Uh, a lot. <laughs> so again, with the exercising, I have to do that. Uh, I cook a lot of food. Um, my fiance eats all of it. <laughs> and I cook for my friends now because I've been making so much food. Uh, so yeah, th those are those are kind of my main things. Cooking, drawing, watching things, and video games and hiking. I think that's just my life. Just those five, <laughs> five activities. That's a that's a great life. I love it. Yeah, I, I'm fond of it, uh, you know? <laughs> oh, man. That, you're wicked dark, and it looks like a ghost. I got to screenshot this. Oh, my God. That's so scary. That's so unbelievably scary. It's stuck. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Can you hear us? Oh, 
Damn it. <laughs> Should I just come in there, Tyler? And finish it out with you. Yeah, I mean, we only have like 10 minutes left. I might keep some of this in. Oh, <laughs> oh wait, now you're there. Kind of. There we go. <laughs> oh. This whole year has just been one tech I'm issue. <laughs> I'll just sit here. Okay. All right. There we go. I don't need to hear things. It's fine. <laughs> oh my goodness. Here. Hi. There's two of you now. There's your frozen face. And <laughs> Te technical issues abound. Woo! But we Yay. are here. Okay, cool. And perseverance. So um for those of you who are catching back up with us, we had a little technical glitch. So now Steph and I are in the same space. Woohoo! Uh like we used to be. Yeah, six inches <laughs> apart. COVID, COVID safety, but we're roommates, so it's cool. Um, awesome. Steph, I think you had a question. I did. I was curious, um, like I was going to, usually we ask our guests, like if they have a really fun, what we call a party story, um, but um, which I'd be happy to hear if there's something that happened at work that is crazy and, and kind of a fun thing to tell people. Um, yeah, this is what I do for a living. But I'm also curious, like if there's something about the job that you specifically really love and you found um like almost surprisingly found to be super enjoyable if that makes sense mm -hmm. um I do have a story so I'll okay. go into that I think after um after I answer that question so like I said like working on a on a full motion capture set is very much I mean it is I guess technically a film set, we are recording things. So um, it's not something I ever really saw myself doing. Like I always kind of saw myself, you know, sitting in a cubicle working on things on my own computer and just, and, you know, chatting with my neighbors. And um, I never th thought I would be this involved with like um, actors or directors or um, I thought I would just be getting notes and and just kind of doing my thing I'm really thankful that I'm on these kind of sets I'm actually kind of grown quite addicted to it I, I love like the the excitement that you get on set and I love talking to people now um, and it's really helped me come out of my shell um, I like I said I used to be kind of extremely painfully shy but this this whole experience um, has really kind of uh, helped me like open up a bit and um, it's interested, I, I'm, I'm really interested now into seeing, um, getting more into like the, the theater and actor side of things. Cause it's not something I've ever expected to do or, or see. Like when I start first started working with actual actors, I was like, oh my God, like I get to work with like professionals. This is so cool. Um, and then it, I, I just really would like to see more of that. Um, and I think it, it's been like awesome working um, with just actors in general and you guys are like amazing people. So um, that's kind of was super unexpected to me and I really would like to continue doing it. So um, yeah. And as for my, my party story, it's just like a, a fun little anecdote that, that kind of happened. So um, the project that I was working on dealt mostly with face motion capture. So it didn't really have any body motion capture. So we ended up doing all the facial motion capture in a small room, uh, same floor as the studio, but uh, out of the main area of the studio. 
in a small room that we had set up specifically for face motion capture. Um, we have other offices working on the same floor, I think two different offices, maybe three. And um, when we have a shoot, um, we're doing a lot of like lip syncing. So um, our actors uh, tend to talk over the line or, or they don't, it didn't, it didn't really matter. It was a personal preference. We got to a really emotional part in the game, which involved a lot of like guttural screaming. Um, so we were telling our then actor at the time, like whenever an emotional scene comes up, we like to, you know, give them time to prepare whatever it is they need to like really get the best performance. So um, my director uh, was just emphasizing like, you know, whatever you need to do to really get these facial expressions in with this scream, this is the kind of scream it is. It's like a primordial like guttural scream. Um, and like, if you need to, you know, scream or like make noises, that's totally fine. Um, and, and she was like, yeah, yeah, like it totally got you. Like I'm, I'm ready to go, super calm, whatever. And then we went to record the take and then going like right from like super calm person to like screaming her lungs out, like high pitched, like super loud. And we were both so taken aback because honestly we didn't think she was going to make any noise or maybe a small scream, but it was like the loudest booming scream <laughs> I had heard. And we're like, oh my God. And and it was a great take. We, we started tearing up because it was such an emotional scene. But the thing is, is that when that happened, um, people from the other offices could hear that. <laughs> so they were like coming out of their offices. They're like, is everyone okay? We heard screaming. Like, do we need to call the police? Like, is someone dying? And we're like, oh, no, 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 no. We're just recording stuff for a game. So um, for the other projects, uh, the AD would usually send like out an email um, to like warn other people you know, uh, warn the other offices, like if there was going to be any like axe murdering screams or like anything like that. Um, but because we, we got through like different amounts of material each day, we didn't quite know when we were going to get to that part. So we had to make sure that anytime uh, we, <laughs> we were doing stuff like that, we had to send out an email just, just to not alert the other, uh, the other offices, you know, to really assure everyone that we were not killing anybody uh, <laughs> yet, you know, <laughs> so uh yeah that was that was a really fond memory of mine it was super funny um was, we were just so taken aback because I mean like uh th this actor um sh she's like the nicest like and I'm super right really calm like right before the take and it was just like ah and it was like oh my god okay oh <laughs> uh, it was really amazing um really really fond of that memory <laughs> I, love that. I love that so much yeah it was great <laughs> I remember you telling me that story and it still gives me like chills every time thinking of an office worker typing away and hearing that. Yeah, uh, I can't imagine. Oh my God. <laughs> it's so frightening. Uh, before we, uh, we start kind of like setting things out, just want to ask, do you have any advice for uh, those who are maybe looking to become, you know, a mocap tech or get into that side of the business? Do you have any advice you'd want to spread out to them, whether they're in school or um, trying to pivot career choices? Is there anything you want to uh, tell our listeners? Yeah, um, a couple of things, I, I guess. Um, don't give up. It's it's hard to, to kind of break into the industry, kind of get your foot in the door. Um, everyone will tell you that. There are some things that are easier than others to get into. Um, like, uh, I, I think that's kind of what drove me, uh, like initially towards motion capture was to come up with an alternate discipline because um, I, I just didn't, I didn't expand my my skills far enough. So um, number one, don't give up. Absolutely do not give up. No matter what people tell you, if you're really passionate about what you want to do and you want to do it, then go for it. Um, 
So that's number one. Number two, you have to be passionate, uh, obviously, to do what um, you do in like a creative position, um, especially like in games or film or animation uh, or animated films or whatever. Um, you have to be really, really passionate um, about what you do. Um, it you you can get burned out even on a creative um, even in a creative role. Um, so you have to really love what you do. Um, I really love what I do. I really look forward to going into work every day. Um, of course, there's some days where I'm just like, but you know, for the most part, I'm really, really happy with what I do and I'm, I'm really passionate about what I do. So I love that. Um, a more uh, advice piece, like I said, expand your skill set. Um, it's great, like if you're really interested in one thing like I was. Um, but sometimes it may not be enough. You could be the best of the best. I wasn't the best of the best, but you could be. And um, you sp still may not get that chance if your skill set is so narrow. I recommend taking up alternate disciplines that you also really, really like. And then um, you can kind of incorporate um, your, your passions into that. Uh, so um, at, at Deck Nine, I'm able to kind of experiment with um, what it is that I want to do. I'm all, I'm constantly being asked, like, what is it that you want to do in this company? And I'm fortunate to have that wiggle room. I know not all studios are like that. Um, there's some studios where you do get kind of pigeonholed into the job you were hired for. Um, that's just unfortunately how things are. Um, I'm really lucky, you know, to be a D9 uh, where they let you uh, experiment and have fun and kind of work towards what you want to do. Um, yeah, don't give up, expand your skill set. be passionate. And um, I think anybody can do it as long as you have like a solid skill set and um, you really, really don't give up and you really keep pushing for what it is that you want to do. Good, solid pieces of advice. I love it. Yep. I think I'm going <laughs> to take that too. I have, it's a list in my head. I have a whole document. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's in there. Um, do you have anything, I mean, you were just talking about, you know, your drawings and then the stuff you've been putting online, like what, what can we promote for you? What is stuff that, that you, you know, we can kind of kickstart you getting a larger fan base? <laughs> oh God. Um, I don't know if I'm ready for that. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Um, I have like a DeviantArt. I have a Tumblr. Uh, just, I'm like really late on that. Man, that was like, what, early 2000s? Um, I just hopped <laughs> back in. I was like, this place is dead. I'm going to start posting here so no one can see it. Uh, so um, I guess, I mean, I have a website. Um, it's just Alexis J. Bloom, so my name, uh, .com. So um, sometimes I put things up there. It's so out of date. I really have to update it. Um, people can email me if they want. Uh, just alexisjbloom at gmail.com. If you want to throw that out there, I don't mind answering questions. Um, I'm probably going to send this out to my um, alma maters too. I said that I'm going to be on a podcast <laughs> <laughs> and uh, send that to them as well. So I'm always like out for, I really do enjoy like talking to people and um, answering questions and stuff like that. Um, I don't think, I don't even remember the links to my other stuff. Don't worry about it. It's fine. Uh, okay. You know, like, <laughs> if, if, uh, I kind of like prefer, I guess, remaining anonymous on those. And but then it happens, then it'll happen. But yeah, like I'm more of like a promote me as in like, feel free to ask me questions kind of person. All right, so, that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. Free, you know, you can email me at that or check out my website. Um, that's severely outdated, but hopefully we'll get updated soon. <laughs> that's perfect. 
Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Um, this has been really great. Tyler, do you have any other things before we move on? No, no, I don't think, I think I wanted to see how well you remember your, your little spiel. At oh, the end. I know. So we haven't, we haven't recorded in like three weeks. Um, cause I was, uh, <laughs> away visiting family. Um, but I, I think I, get, I think I got it. I think I could do it in one breath. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but Alexis, thank you so much for, for doing this. And um, it's been uh, really awesome. I, I'm so fascinated by what you and Webb and everybody do at Deck Nine. So um, oh, it was really, you. really cool to talk to you. Um, and listeners, we really hope that you also enjoyed this. And, um, you know, it, video games are not quite theater and film, but they're very closely related. And I know a lot of you guys are probably video game players. So um, I think that you enjoy this just as much as we do. Um, and please continue to follow us, um, like subscribe to us on all podcast platforms. Um, please rate and review us. That really helps us, um, get some more listeners. If you do, uh, review us, um, and you want a free sticker, um, just let us know where you reviewed us and send us an email at pwrp.pod at gmail.com. Um, and we'd be happy to send you a thank you sticker for giving us your review. Um, also follow us on all social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at PWRP podcast. Um, and you'll be able to see what's coming up and, and what every new episode is every week. We also have a Patreon. I realize we haven't talked about our Patreon in a while. I feel like I got to bring it up every like five episodes. <laughs> really? Because we talk about it in every recording. Oh, I have, we haven't. I think it's because we haven't recorded. recorded. Yeah, maybe. Um, but yeah, if you want to give us money, if you happen to like, just, you know, have lots of money lying around during this pandemic and you're like, what do I do with it? You can always send it our way. And, and we're constantly, um, thinking of new things and fun things to do um if we had money so <laughs> yes give them money do it <laughs> um you can find our patreon as well perfect and if you would like to be a part of this podcast and share your story whether you're somebody who is just starting their career out or someone who's been working in the arts for a while we'd love to sit down and talk to you so please email us at pwrp.pod at gmail.com we'll get back to you uh, very quickly maybe not 90 minutes because i actually found a job yeah uh but Yay! we will get back to you as soon as possible uh alexis i i love you i adore you you're like the coolest person we spent so many days just within inches of each other that i feel like <laughs> we're really good friends for life and i'm so sure. glad you finally came on the podcast i wanted Thank to wait you a little so bit much before for we inviting present me. you this is my first podcast ever it's been great yes <laughs> all right then that means you are ready for joining us for our awkward goodbye yeah yeah absolutely mm -hmm. awkward goodbye awkward. i guess awkward goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> all right listeners until next time Bye. 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 Thank you.